Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? And for the very first time, making her podcast debut, <laughs> Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. Woohoo. Formerly Miss Laura Webb, now Miss Eldridge. Kind of feels weird to say it, it that. It feels weird. Still for me. Yeah, how's yeah. marriage, Laura? Okay, I love marriage. Mm. Oh, but I feel good. like all the single girls right now are like, okay, I want you to die. She's like, next. But that's not what we're talking about. What are we talking about today? <laughs> yes, we are talking about the idea of what about the person who has never heard the gospel? Are they able to go to heaven? Is it their fault? Are they mm -hmm. condemned to hell? Mm -hmm. It kind of seems unfair. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, David, about the person in Africa in a village that no one has ever visited, a missionary, no one, and they die having never heard the gospel. What happens to them? Yeah. That's what we're tackling. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, and further, I mean, think about the person a thousand years before Jesus, who uh, didn't never, they never heard of Jesus. It wouldn't even be possible to hear of Jesus. And they lived in Africa mm -hmm. or they lived in North America or they lived in a place where they wouldn't have access to or even awareness of, you know, the Jewish people or Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament or any of that stuff. So do they, does that person um, spend eternity apart from God uh, because they've never heard about Jesus? Yeah. Laura? We brought you on to answer this question. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you have to say, David. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I you, mean, I think of Romans 1 right off the bat yeah. that all creation shouts Jesus's name. And so that everyone is without excuse yep. for a couple different reasons. But I want to hear you talk about it. Well, uh, here's what I would say. So uh, biblically, Romans 1 for sure is mm -hmm. an anchor in this. So what about the person who's never heard? What about the, and this raises, I think, a lot of other questions. What about children who uh, die at an early age? Mm -hmm. What about people who were of sincere faiths? They believed in God. They were of a sincere other faith. They were born in another country. And, um, and then more specifically, the question is, hey, what about the person who never hears about the gospel. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when Christians answer this, they give some answer I've heard and it's a great answer, but they're like, hey, um, you know, what about the person who's never heard? I'm less concerned about them and I'm more concerned about the person who has heard, not going and sharing it and being focused on sharing it with those who haven't heard. <laughs> and they just kind of move in <laughs> that direction. statement. Totally. And um, while that is a great answer, yeah. if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be concerned about going and sharing with people. I think biblically there are some uh, truths that help us understand, uh, is there a person who's never heard? And is there a person who's genuinely seeking God out there who mm -hmm. wants to have a relationship with him, but just at the last moment, you know, their life got cut off and they weren't able to trust in Christ or they weren't ever told about it. And so now they're gonna spend eternity apart from him. What would it say about that? Mm -hmm. so, so a really valid question. I think too, of like people who've already died, I think that it raises a question for for say for me personally, if I had a friend who it was my best friend and that person denied Jesus to the death, now they've died. It's hard for me to reconcile like, hey, she never heard about Jesus yeah. and it's my fault for not telling her probably, but totally. what then? Yeah, I, I think uh, as far as the answer of hell, you should go listen to our message on how God is love and good people go to hell. But here's a few just kind of biblical ideas that we're told in the scripture. 
There is no one out there who genuinely seeks for God, no one who wants to have a relationship with God. That comes from Romans chapter 3, verse 11. There's no one who seeks God. So the idea of someone who's genuinely out there in the bush, they're seeking God, they want to know, they want to have a relationship with him, and God is unwilling to have a relationship with that person, that scenario has never existed ever. That every person who genuinely seeks and wants to have a relationship with God will find him and will be introduced to him. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says, if you seek the Lord with your heart, you seek him, and if you look for him with all of your heart and all of your soul, you will find him. Mm. The scriptures would indicate further to what you brought up, Elena. Elena. (laughs) (laughs) Come Ah. on. Elena's out there with her baby right now. Yeah. And uh, baby mama. We know (laughs) you are listening. Hey, uh, that Romans chapter one would say that every single person is accountable to divine revelation in their life. In other words, each of us biblically, and this is something I feel like people don't talk about enough. Biblically, uh, according to Luke chapter 11, uh, to much is given, much is expected. And all of us are accountable based on the information or the amount of divine revelation we have been exposed to. By nature of living on the planet, Romans chapter one says, you have been exposed to God's invisible attributes, which you can clearly see through nature around you that have been revealed. And every person is accountable, not uh, not that the uh, gospel isn't the means by which someone gets saved or to which they're held accountable, because only people in heaven will be there because of the sacrifice and the work accomplished by Jesus on the cross. But every person ultimately um, who spends eternity apart from God will experience eternity, that's hell, will experience eternity that is corresponding to the degree to which they suppressed or they did not, uh, the amount of information or revelation that they received in the world around us. Does that make sense? So are you trying to say, like, if somebody has clearly told me the gospel, that I have more of a responsibility to respond to that than the person in Africa who maybe um, has maybe heard it indirectly? Is that what you mean? Yes. Romans chapter one, I think, gives an indication, and I'm going to say something that's kind of controversial, so watch out. ready for it. That... There could be someone who is in heaven who, uh, because they see the divine, his invisible, mm-hmm. so I'll just quote the verse, his invisible attributes. Um, so I'll start back in Romans chapter one. It says, for the wrath of God is displayed from heaven against all ungodliness of men who by their ungodliness suppress the truth. For his invisible attributes, God's and divine nature have been clearly seen in the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So the Bible seems to indicate that it, it could be possible that someone in the bush could respond to the fact that, hey, I'm here, I'm living on a planet. There's clearly a creator behind this because something didn't just show up out of nothing. And I look at my own life and I recognize that without a, uh, that I'm not worthy. I'm not a good person. I do things I don't want to do. I'm sinful. I make mistakes. I hurt people. I'm not deserving of having a relationship with a holy, perfect God. And they could arrive at a place where they're like, man, I throw myself on the mercy of whatever God is out there. And uh, that God would apply the saving work of Christ to that person, just like he did in the Old Testament, where all of the nation of Israel that walked by faith, I don't think knew the name of Jesus, or they knew that specific name was gonna be there. They knew it was a coming Messiah and they walked by faith in God. So there could be a hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. This is why I say it's controversial, where somebody by faith says, I'm not worthy. If there's any way I'm gonna have a relationship with God in heaven. Um, And they arrive there through saying, clearly 
there's a God who created this world. Yeah. And I look at my life and I don't think I'm deserving of having a relationship with him. And so I throw myself on the mercy of that God if there's any way I can have a relationship. And it could be possible that that person would have the applied or the finished work of Christ applied to their life. Mm-hmm. That said, um, biblically, uh, I think there's an argument to be made because you look at Genesis chapter 18, just all throughout the Bible, God is way more just than we are. Like nobody is in hell and nobody is there because like, hey, I got a raw deal and I got ripped off. God is way more just mm-hmm. than we are. And any any consequence and any eternal punishment or any punishment um, for our actions is inherently just. It is a perfect justice system that is unleashed. Mm-hmm. And nobody gets in hell and is like, man, this was not fair. I was ripped off. I wasn't treated fairly. That all of us are held accountable in a more than just system. I think based on uh, the justice, perfection, goodness of God, it's a reasonable conclusion to make that any person who by the end of their life doesn't respond to Jesus as Lord and Savior never would have. Boom. No, I, <laughs> there I said it. But here's what I mean by that, just to go a little yeah. more, because we talked a little bit about this before, as in like, whether they lived 18, because people will go like, oh man, he died at 18. Mm-hmm. He, um, had he only lived a little bit longer, maybe he would have trusted in Jesus or he died at 85. I think because God is over all things, he knows all things, he loves, according to 2 Peter 3, all people way more than we do. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a person on the planet that God doesn't want to have a relationship with, that God doesn't want to be in heaven. He wants everyone, no one to perish and all to come to repentance. Yeah, that's So I good. think it's a reasonable conclusion to go, hey, if somebody doesn't, by the end of their life, it's likely they never would have mm-hmm. because God is sovereign. He numbers our days. If he knew that, hey, you got to day uh, 7,084 and 90, um, and then you would have trusted, I think you're going to live to 7,084 and 90 because yeah. he wants everybody too. And it's a reasonable conclusion that those, as we talked about in that hell message, who are in hell, they never would have trusted, no matter if yeah. you give them a million years or 10 million years. And for all of eternity, they still, that's the perception of hell we're given from Luke chapter 16. People on the inside, they don't want to worship God for all of eternity. They don't want out of hell. They want to be their own God. And they, God eventually just says, man, I will give you over to what you want, which is the same wrath he describes. That's the wrath of God. We think of like lightning bolts from heaven. The wrath of God, biblically, one of the clearest ways we're told about it is that he at some point just says, man, you want to run from me? I will hand you over and mm-hmm. let you run from me. So, so do you think that if a 10 year old dies, that's true of them? I think if a 10-year-old died, um, man, it's a good question. I think this will be helpful. Um, I think there's something in, in uh, Catholic and more liturgical expressions of Christianity that... D- David's looking at me like I know the answer to this right now. Yeah. That, that <laughs> age of accountability, have you guys ever heard of that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Age of accountability Actually, yeah. is yeah. like, uh-huh. hey, after this age, then you're mm-hmm. accountable. Totally. And then you read the Bible and you're like, there's no verse yeah, on the age of totally. accountability. So why would we conclude that a child would, uh, you know until they're not accountable until they reach that age. Here's why. In 2 Samuel, cha- 2 Samuel chapter 11, we are told that David, after he sleeps with Bathsheba, mm-hmm. and David's an Old Testament king, he basically, he has an affair, he commits adultery with one of his friend's wives, and he gets her pregnant. Not a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and God basically shows up and, and he's uh, rebuked and uh, has consequences for his actions, and the child ends up dying uh, early, like mm-hmm. very, very young. It's born and, and basically dies, gives birth to a, a stillborn. And David mourns 
um, for seven days when he's, he basically indicates or he's told, hey, the child's not going to live. David mourns for seven days. And then people ask him afterwards um, because after the seven days were over and he the child is not alive um, or the child died, mm-hmm. he's asked like, why did you stop mourning after that? And he said, because I can't go to him right now or he can't come back to me. One day I will go be with him. And he gives us an indication that David, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord's anointed in the Old Testament who wrote lots of scriptures in the Bible, believed that he would see his son again in the afterlife. Yeah. So the reason I think we're not told age of accountability is 12 mm-hmm. or it's 15 or it's 13 is because think about what people would do if they knew that, mm-hmm. if they knew the number, like there would be parents out there because nobody wants their child to spend eternity mm-hmm. apart from God. Right. And how mentally sick so many of us are, so many people are, they may end their child's life at, at 11. They're like, yeah. hey, if I let him go to 12, he's going to hell forever. So uh, they're going to take their life. So I think God in his love and goodness gives us an indication that children who die before an undetermined age, uh, we do, we can reasonably say, I think they're going to be in heaven. And um, God, Genesis chapter 18 says, is way more just than we are. He says, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right and just. Yeah. And so I think we can reasonably say likely children would be, so that 10 year old would be. And I think the reason God doesn't give us a clear, here's the age after this, you know, you're on the hook is because um, people uh, would make horrific decisions and take the life of their child because they fear hell is at stake and yeah. and God may have known or did know or knows that would happen. So so you answered about the guy in the, the bush, the, the children. Um, what about the person? So a lot of us were influenced, our religion's influenced by what we were born into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we are in America. So Christianity is all around us. It's very easy. Church on every corner. Uh, what would you say to the person that is involved in in religions like uh, being a Muslim, Hindu, where very much you are born into it, and yeah. then there's expectations immediately on you. And from a very young age, you are taught, hey, this is your life, mm-hmm. and to be devoted to it. Yeah. And, you know, we look at people, and we're like, y'all are crazy for believing that. But if you think about it, we believe that there has a, a being a mm-hmm. deity who's always been outside of time and spoke or, and things came to be. And then like he took dirt mm-hmm. and formed a man. And so like, we believe, we believe some pretty crazy stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So are they that crazy? Um, what do you have to say to that person? Cause they're just as convinced in theirs as we are ours. Yeah. I think I'd go back to that idea of um, we're told Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And so the person who genuinely believes in a false religion um, still genuinely believes in a false religion that can't save them. Mm-hmm. And believe where I think Christianity is so different is we don't believe religion could save us or religious actions could. So at the heart of, of uh, most major world religions, that's Islam, Hinduism, Hinduism is a little bit different. Buddhism, they're, they're honestly, they're so widely different. People who say mm-hmm. like, hey, all religions are the same but there is a religious action orientation that's associated with them. Like, hey, by your religious actions right. and yeah. your behavior, you'll have the ability to save yourself. Christianity says the opposite. Hey, whosoever believes, not behaves, shall have eternal life and can have a relationship with God. That alone is the way that you can be saved. So we would say, hey, that person is still trying to have a relationship with God through religious actions and that cannot save and will never save anyone. I think there could be a case. Now, again, I'm speaking just like, this is me. 
So you can send an email to me <laughs> at jdrogers <laughs> at watermark.org. Um, Don't you put that out there like that. There could be someone who goes like, man, I was raised in an Islamic home, a Muslim home. Yeah. And uh, we did it. We prayed five times a day. We went yeah. to Mecca. We did all the different things. And honestly, I don't. I know that if God is out there, I don't deserve to have a relationship with him. I'm not good enough. And I know this stuff doesn't make me good enough. And so I don't believe this. And I throw myself on the mercy of whatever God there actually is. And they lived, let's say they lived in 700 uh, AD in you know, East Persia. So there wasn't any access or exposure to the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible that person I haven't arrived at the conclusion that my religious actions cannot save. Yeah. I still believe there is a God and I, I beg you for mercy, God. And um, I think that person could have the applied work of Jesus applied to their life. Without knowing the name of Jesus or knowing uh, yes. what Christianity teaches. Total, but, but that I would say like that, that is a, um, that's my own interpretation on yeah. Romans 1. That's really I, it's good. A, it's a much safer interpretation to say, man, we just got to go into the world, call everybody to repent, call everyone to return to Jesus. The only name, there's no salvation under any name except for the name of Jesus. So what about Romans 10, 9 uh-huh. and 10? Yep. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, yep. believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think that that is the most clear, actionable, we should that is the one that could take. I'm trying to address the philosophical skeptic who's like, well, what about this person mm-hmm. who based on other things that we've already said in here? So you're not saying that's a, a, the have to way to accept Jesus is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. No, I think that is the way. Okay, so, but if a person in the bush yep. doesn't say out loud or know the name Jesus, yep. how then? I'm saying uh, the reading of Paul's words in Romans chapter one seems to leave the door open to the fact that, hey, everyone is without excuse because they have been exposed to enough, no matter who they are, Agreed. they've been exposed to enough information yeah. to know that God is real and to know his eternal and invisible attributes and to throw themselves on his mercy versus running from him and running to worshiping false gods or themselves as God and all those things. I'm mm-hmm. saying the clearest biblically, Jesus is the only way. We call people to believe in their heart. Jesus uh, was God's son, died on the cross, mm-hmm. was raised from the dead and confessed with the mouth, Jesus as Lord and all who do so will not perish. I'm more addressing the skeptical person who's like, well, wait a second. You just said that Romans chapter one says all are without excuse, no matter what they hear, because they've seen, you know, sunrise and they've mm-hmm. seen the world around us. And I'm saying, Hey, yeah, here's the thing. If somebody doesn't trust in Jesus, they will not spend eternity with God. Mm-hmm. Could there be a, um, a possibility out there that somebody somewhere lived in a fine new, I, I mean, I guess that somebody was um, living in the bush and they came to the conclusion, all these other religions people practice are false. I know there's a God because I see the creation and his invisible attributes on there. I throw myself on the mercy of that God that I'm not deserving to have a relationship. And it wouldn't shock me if God, that that was, um, if that posture had the atoning work of Christ applied to them, but we don't know. I'm just trying to address that skeptical philosophical question, which most people, I mean, let's be honest, dude. Most people who hide behind this or bring this up, it's a smoke screen. Mm -hmm. They don't want to worship God. They don't want to have a relationship with God. They don't want to know him. Like even the skeptics where like, I want you to think about the people in your life who um, don't believe what you believe. Like they are like, hey man, I don't want to have anything to do with God. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the people who don't have a faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Are most of those people genuinely seeking like the people in your life, yeah. are they genuinely seeking answers to find God or are they just living however they want? And if it, anything, 
they're sometimes combative towards yeah. Christianity uh-huh. and religion and, and negating it and saying, man, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Which would you guys say? Yeah, they've I would been in, say like they're from, seeking God yeah. or they're like, nah, I'm combating. I don't want to. The non-believers in your world or they're just apathetic. Like they're like, I don't care about it. Yeah, I think it's that. I think there's like this neutrality or like, uh, hey, I'm more concerned about uh, when am I going to get a boyfriend or I'm more concerned about all these other things than my eternity because that just doesn't feel like it's put in front of me all the time or it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Like I'll figure it out later. Yep. And I'm saying, hey, why do we assume that if that person lived enough years, uh-huh. they would stop being concerned about you know, fleeting things and themselves, yeah. ultimately what uh-huh. they want, and they would start being concerned about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm, that's all I'm saying is like, hey, we assume that, um, you know, uh, eventually they would change their mind. Why do we assume that? Yeah. The people around us, like a lot of people go to their death saying, I will never, I reject God. I would never accept Christ. It was uh, Stephen, uh, no, Christopher Hitchens. You know who that is? No. He's like a, he's an atheistic writer who most people don't know, but... He went to his deathbed. He got cancer. Mm-hmm. And he like spent. He was one of the like quote four horsemen of the atheist. It's irrelevant. But point being, he wrote a lot of literature that informed and influenced a lot of the way academic people think and atheistic circles think. He went to his deathbed and he said, "Hey, if after I die, somebody comes out with a letter or with a writing uh-huh. or with a conversation or something that says at his deathbed, Christopher Hitchens trusted in Christ. He believed in it. Do not believe it." I may have lost my mind. I may have gone senile, but I do not accept it. And if someone wow. says that I do, they're lying. Wow. Why would anyone assume Christopher Hitchens would ever, if you give him another day or another million years, ever say, I surrender. I believe Jesus is who he says he is. I'm not deserving of a relationship with him. And um, so I think anybody who's going to spend eternity in heaven is somebody who we can likely conclude or anybody who's going to spend eternity in hell is someone who never would have surrendered mm-hmm. in trust in Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. But stay in the ring, dude. Come on, bro. Yeah, I think some people. <laughs> Push back. I, uh, Jenny's tired. We got to wake think, him up. Yeah, I think some people are going, I don't assume that they're not going to change. I hope they will. Yep. And that's what keeps me um, thinking. Like, that's why people like take the role of like, it's my fault because I'm not telling. I'm not sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm, I'm not confused, but I'm just going, yeah, I, I don't think we are going, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think that person might not ever, um, I think I could hear that and potentially go, then what's the point? Like if someone right now is like an atheist and going really against me, yeah, I could easily turn on a switch and think, well, they're probably never going to change. Yeah. And who might assume that they would? So I should just give up. Yes. Are you saying that we should look for signs of people who are seeking to change? No, I'm saying, um, I, the only emotionally somewhat satisfying way for me to um, be okay with the fact that there are so many people who won't spend eternity away Mm -hmm. from God comes from me knowing a few things. God loves people way more than I do. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying like people who pass away, Mm -hmm. God loved that person way more than I do. God wanted that person to have a relationship way more with God than I want him to have a relationship with God. God is sovereign over people's days. And the fact that that person never trusted in Christ means that uh, for whatever reason, I can rest more confident knowing, hey, I I think it's safe to assume he never would have trusted in Christ. Yeah. But while they're alive, I still want to call them to trust in Christ because there's still a chance that they would. You know, it's until they pass away. And that's not emotionally perfectly satisfying, but I think it at least helps us to go, man, that that gives me some confidence because God is sovereign. He loves people way more than I do. Mm -hmm. And he wants people to be in heaven more than I do. And so- So last one, what about- people who 
uh, died before Christ? Uh, I think I would say the, the same thing. I think the Jewish people who walk by faith, those who are part of the Jewish community, it was always by faith. You just did a thing on Romans mm-hmm. where, you know, Romans chapter four, um, Paul lays out, Abraham was saved by faith. Mm-hmm. David was saved by faith. He like hits the biggies of the Jewish community. That it's always been people who say by faith. So any person who was Jewish in the Old Testament before Jesus had the atonement or had the um, death of Jesus, like the payment for sin that was applied to them, all mm-hmm. who believed that it was, it was applied to all those people. If you're asking people who were not Jewish and didn't have the Bible, mm-hmm. what about those people? Do we have an example of that in the Old Testament? Uh, I mean, there's lots of people who were Jewish who didn't not apply. Jewish. Oh, like Rahab mm-hmm. or like Ruth. Yeah. Or <laughs> there you like go, dude. He, was, he was quizzing I you, was, David. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, those, those people, but they even were by faith. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying, I'm just trying to give that philosophical answer to somebody yeah, out there yeah, who yeah. might be helpful. There could, that would be Socrates. He was before Jesus and he, he believed in the one true God. Would I die on the hill to, to say that Socrates is there in heaven? No, but I'm saying it seems biblically not a huge far leap to go. There could be hypothetically a person mm-hmm. who's exposed to the divine and clearly perceived attributes of God around us. And he goes, I am without excuse. Yeah. I throw myself on the mercy of the God who is there. And I'm just going, man, that, that wouldn't shock me if that person had the a finished work of Jesus applied to their life. Yeah, totally. I feel like you really have to trust in the character of God to be able to believe yes. that. So it, it more comes into a question of like, hey, do I believe that God is good? Do yes. I believe that he is going to do what is right in his eyes and that what I think may or may not be right doesn't necessarily um, equate to like God who actually gets to decide what's right and totally. what's wrong. Yeah. Let's not let's not forget that people when Jesus was alive who walked with Jesus, saw Jesus, still didn't believe him. Totally. And so it's not crazy to think that people aren't going to choose God. Um no matter what you bit. do. Exactly. Okay, so. I have a question cuz didn't Rahab um cuz she was not Jewish like of God's people. Mm-hmm. And um, it never really clearly says in the scriptures, correct me if I'm wrong, but it never really says clearly in scriptures that she trusted in Jesus, but mm-hmm. her faith saved her. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of like what you're saying. And, and there could have been a moment she could have had a dream, which I've heard tons of stories of people like having dreams of Jesus and, yeah. and then coming to the faith. But yeah, yeah, she was brought in. I mean, we're not told of anybody in the old Testament who trusted in quote Jesus, that's yeah. kind of a new Testament language, but she was brought into the faith and she clearly adopted the faith of the Israel people. She rejected the faith of, of Jericho, yeah. the people that she was with. Cause she had heard of the miracles of God. Yes. Oh, which yeah. is why God did what he did. Yeah. Yes. Goes into prove your argument of why God, hardened Israel or Egypt's heart and split the sea and everything. You split the sea. So, so yeah. I, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> a, that was kind of the, that was kind of the whole point is she heard the stories of God and yeah. said, I'm going to go with that guy, not yep. with Jericho. Yeah, yes. that's good. That's exactly it. And she was a, a part of, she's uh, Jesus's great grandma. <laughs> Boom. How about that? So David, start to land the plane. Take us home. Uh, what would you say to the person who's trying to reconcile maybe an emotional side of things? Yeah. Uh, I've lost someone mm-hmm. that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They said they believed in God, but let's be real. I read the Bible. It doesn't look the same. Like their life didn't look what this says in this book. And, yeah. you know, what would you say to that person who's questioning? I would say 
God is infinitely more just and no one will be in hell who doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Ironically, only those in heaven are gonna be those who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's there is gonna go, man, the question for eternity won't be, I can't believe this ended up in hell. I can't believe I got into heaven. Right. This is unbelievable. So I think I would rest in the sovereign, sovereign, which means all controlling, all powerful, mm-hmm. love of God who is there, who is way more just than us. Mm-hmm. And the best thing I can do today is to live for Jesus and seek to have others live in relationship with Jesus and to know about him. That's good. So, Thank you. I love it, man. That's all I got. Anything else you guys want to say? Really good. I don't think so. I think the last thing is like, why would I share if people either are going to um, hear about Jesus if they're going to, or if they're not, if they're not. Does that make sense? So yeah. why would I share the gospel? Yeah, because God's invited us to be a part of what he's doing in the world. He's invited us to be a part of going and sharing. And he's invited us to be the means by which people are introduced to the good news about Jesus mm. and his death, that you're not saved by religion. Jesus gave his life so that you could have a relationship and he's invited us to be a part of it. And it's I, I, it's like this, I'll close with this. Uh, my son is on a soccer team that right now, we're called the Red Knights. And uh, he's Go four Red years Knight. old. We're undefeated. No big deal. <laughs> but Corona has put a little, uh, you know, a little, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's dampened, dampened the season. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we are waiting to kick that back off. But point being, there was this one kid on the sideline, didn't want to play. Yeah. All the other kids were out there. We were dominating. We were winning the game. We had this star on our team. Yeah. His name was Jacob. It's a true story. Okay. His name was Jacob. Like we, this kid is like leaps and bounds better than everybody else on the field. Mm. He's a four-year-old that like gets it. Like yeah. he just like, I'm taking this ball. I'm kicking it down the field. I'm kicking that goal. And he's like, his fast twitch muscles yeah. are, we need to test them or something. <laughs> so we would like play. Like JD. And we, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> in volleyball. And totally. we, yeah. we run all over people. Yeah. I mean, it's, they don't even score. It's not even fair. I try to get, we, it's a, it's a four on four team. And I try to get Jacob off the field. We only have five players. Okay. I try to get Jacob off for like at least five minutes to let the other team have the ball. Cause he, That's it's so not funny. even fair. There's one kid on the bench. We'll call him Ben. Ben, oh, ben. Um, I'm like, hey, Ben, come on in and uh, let Jacob come out and you come in. Ben doesn't want to play. He wants to sit there and eat his Cheerios. He won't come <laughs> on the field. He's holding his dad's leg. I don't want to go play. And it's like, Ben, you have been invited. We're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. It's going well. We want you to be a part of it. Get off the bench. Why would you just sit there? Like there's there, there's no risk. Just come be a part of it. We want you to be a part of the victory that is already ours it's going to happen yeah and he doesn't want to be a part of it yeah and a lot of christians spend their whole life and they're on the bench they never get in the game they waste their life and they sit there and they're eating cheerios and god has said i'm inviting you to be a part of it you're not the person who saves people mm-hmm. i save people but i've invited you to be a part of the supernatural work and seeing me save people and you can sit on the bench for the rest of your life and eat cheerios or you can get in the game and be a part of seeing god save people so. wow no more Cheerios. No more Cheerios, Ben. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's it for us. We will see you next time in another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch. <laughs>